0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.
1: Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1290. And this is our... 1,603rd interview on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we're the longest-running business podcast in Orange County, California. Do you want to become a leader that exceeds results with loyal teams? The problem is that most organizations still use the the carrot-and-the-stick method, which only increases turnover. The real way is to assemble effective teams with peer-to-peer balanced accountability system that will win the employees' hearts and exceed the company's performance. That's why I've invited Hernandi Alves, who is the author of Balanced Accountability, Three Leadership Secrets to Win Heart and Maximize Performance on the Critical Mass radio show and podcast. Hernandi, welcome to the radio show.
0: Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure to be here. And I love Critical Math. Love what you're doing with it. Love how you're changing, improving business leaders' lives all the time. So
1: keep it up. Thank you, Thank you for that. Let's, let's talk about how does your book help the CEO who's dealing with today's headwinds caused by COVID-19? I'm really curious how your message has resonated in these somewhat altered states that we've been living in for the past couple of months, sir. Yeah,
0: so the I focus on balanced accountability as, as you mentioned there the carrot and the stick doesn't work anymore that's the old way of doing things that's the best way to imp- increase your turnover by doing that so i focus on balanced accountability and the very first is it's three p's and the very first p is personal accountability you need to reflect look at yourself and you've got to get on the right mindset and that actually happened to me when this covid went into it it completely changed my life just as it has for most and probably all your listeners but you There was a moment there at the beginning where i just caught myself looking at the news watching it for four to five hours a day like what's going on here freaking out and i started noticing i started going into this like fixed mindset of like okay i'm just going to weather the storm i'm just going to sit here and hunker down and then once i snapped out of it took a little personal accountability and i started to maximize everything within my control that's when my business started making improvements and now i've got like a head start coming out of this which has been outstanding
1: that is excellent, and uh, I know in our show prep you talked about how you had that moment and inspiration to really kind of redirect your, your talents in an area that was much needed for people to hear your message, so I'm I'm glad that you were able to uh, find your way through this storm. Uh, let's come back to your book, though, Balanced Accountability, and if you could kind of distill it down, what is your main idea that's in the book? What is the main idea?
0: So the main idea is most people tend to avoid organizations, they avoid accountability. But they want it within their organization. And it's the American Management Institute actually did a study. Ninety eight percent of organizations don't have a good accountability system. And if you don't have a good accountability system, you don't have a high performing organization. So mine is the carrot and the stick is all about let's reward and let's 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 bring the stick out. Mine's quite different. It's focused on the three Ps and it focuses on how accountability equals love. So you can truly start maximizing that when your team starts feeling that love you start winning their hearts you start winning their morale you start getting loyalty and that's really where you start to become a high-performing organization
1: you know it's interesting because um the word accountability i spent 20 plus years in the corporate world and many times when the term accountability was used it was sort of meant downward in an organization you know we want you to be accountable but there wasn't this reciprocal, um, mutual accountability for the senior executives or the leadership. Have you experienced that as a dynamic, and how do you deal with it in both the the book and also the personal work that you do with leadership teams that are looking to bring in balanced accountability?
0: That's great. Yeah, most organizations, they've for years, they've been talking about accountability. Their CEO, their business leaders, we need it, we need it, we need it. And here's the challenge with it: is when you bring it in as a as a CEO or a leader, everyone's going to ignore you. They're like, oh, here we are. We're in trouble. Something happened. Where I get to come in and work with the organization is I get them to fall in love with accountability. So they start having some of those tough talks and it's called tough love. And the three P's focuses first on personal accountability. This is where the leader's got to step up first. And it's also the employee. The employee, I I take the employee through an exercise because there's none of us are perfect. So we have to kind of reflect on ourselves, take care of ourselves, but we also need to make some improvements to start getting some wins. And then the second P is where the magic starts happening. It's called positive accountability. And this is where you start magnifying some of these small wins, start going in the right direction, start making some improvements yourself, things that you've been wanting to change and improve about yourself. And then that leads to the last P, which is performance-based accountability. And this is where most leaders want to go straight to, And they can do this. I did it for a little bit. When I first started off, I became one of the worst leaders of all time. I actually got a real horrible nickname uh, from the group. And, And I learned right away was you can't just go, it's short term. I got the results, but nobody wanted to work with me. But once you truly have personal accountability positive and you start getting that performance, you start having visible scoreboards. And a visible scoreboard means we all know what our KPI is, our key performance indicator, or whatever the the goal is of the company and we can actually truly measure it and everybody's aligned and we show it just like if you went to a sporting event you're going to see everybody's stats you know how much time's left on the clock who's winning who's losing and it becomes very visible but the employees okay with that and they actually embrace it once you've done the other two so that's how i work with organizations
1: excellent Bring that and into their we're talking with Hernani Alves. We're talking about his book, Balanced Accountability, Three Leadership Secrets to Win Heart and Maximize Performance. Can you? What was the inspiration for the book?
0: The inspiration was I was actually doing this leadership conference, extreme leadership conference in San Diego. I presented Balanced Accountability, had CEOs come up to me and say, we want to buy your book, we want to bring this into our organization. <laughs> I didn't have a book. I actually I was a C student growing up, English is my second language. That's where her nanny comes from. It's from Angola, Africa. So there was no way I was ever going to write a book. So I go home, telling my family about it. My, my son at the time nine years old. And I go, how silly is this? People ask me if I should write a book about balance accountability. And my son there at the dinner table goes, Dad, you should take action. You always tell us to take action. You need to take action. And that put me on the spot. I looked at my wife. Going, she's, she's read some of my stuff. I don't do a very good job. <laughs> and But what I've learned is you surround yourself with great people, and that's what I did. I found an amazing editor, a publisher that helped me go through it, grabbed all – we did a data dump of all my knowledge that I have on it, and we put it together, a proven method that I've worked with organizations on. And a year and a half later, that's how it came together. But, it, you know, it really, I learned so much with accountability because early on in my – life, my dad held me accountable to a really high standard. I did not like him for years. And it wasn't until later, once I started seeing why he was holding me such a high standard, and it was because he loved me. Well, then I start coming out of college, I start working with uh, with teams. And then all of a sudden, we're getting results. But I get this nickname, as I kind of mentioned. Um, I'll tell you my nickname. It was one of the worst you could be called. It was her Nazi, it's like the worst name you could ever be called. And I was told nobody wanted to work with me. And that's where I had to pivot I had to accept some personal accountability, changed it, and one of my best awards I've ever gotten is from the group of people that didn't want to work with me. They ended up giving me an award a couple years later as being the best leader for them, and they're actually in the book. They helped me uh, write it. A group of 60 people actually helped me write that book, so I'm so blessed to be around it.
1: That's true. So uh, we talked about the inspiration, Hanani. I'm curious now, who's the target audience for the book? Who, who listening today and live on OC Talk Radio or in the future of the podcast, who would you encourage to pick the book up and actually, you know, take the time to read it?
0: I actually just got a, a praise this morning from a, a gentleman that he wants to become a manager. He's young and he picked up my book, read it, and then he in the book, I give people my email address, so I always tell them you can contact me. I'm always by your side. And he sent me a message saying he got promoted 60 days after reading my book and giving me credit for it, but actually at the end of the day, he did it. But I primarily work with business leaders and CEOs, individuals that have been I've worked with anywhere from 50 uh, employees all the way up to 15,000 employees. So the process works. But once you have get your leadership team behind it, take them – T- along with the journey, don't let accountability come from them. They get the chance to come from me, so they get a chance to see what accountability equals love. I take them through some exercises. They become more vulnerable, and then that's where they start getting some traction to where, I mean, can you imagine your employee walking up to you and going, I know I screwed up. I missed a deadline. I know you should give me some tough love, so I'm here to get it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I really encourage them to do it because if they own their mistakes, they're going to come out of it and as all of us, and I know if I was had a chance to hear your story, Richard, a little bit more, you've probably made a few mistakes that you learned from, and you wouldn't be as successful as it was if you hadn't made that mistake, right?
1: Right. You're, yes, and we don't have enough time in the nine minutes that we have left for your interview for me to be chiming in about all my mistakes, but we can dedicate a show in the future to that, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested. You know, I, I love to ask the authors to take us virtually through your table of contents. I don't mean literally, but... It's a tour de force book. What would we find What will we find as we turn the pages and kind of look at the various chapters?
0: So this book is written primarily because of I like short and quick information. So I like content. When I first started this, I was thinking I was going to be 10 chapters. Well, it ended up being 18, way more than I wanted. But then once I started getting into it, what I did is I learned that I, I like short chunks. So these chapters are only about five to eight minutes long. So they're very quick. Uh, at the end of each one, they have three action items for them to take. So I've had organizations just grab the book. They go through one chapter at a time. They answer the questions, and that gets them through it. Um, so that's where it becomes very valuable, and it goes it takes them through. It's, it's written more of a hybrid. It's not going to be business model-based where you've got to have some algebra or calculus background on how this business is going to work. I, I I pride myself on making sure that the, the most complex skill in business is awesomely simple. So that's where I take them through the three P's. I take them with through actual stories and show them some case studies and different things that they can go, and then they can make it their own personal one for their organization directly.
1: I think that's fantastic because uh, many business books are almost unapproachable in their girth. In size, And sometimes in reading books, prepping for the radio show, or just in general reading books, I feel like there are words in there that could have been eliminated if the author was really looking for um, just to be as brief as possible. But sometimes there's too too many words in, in some of the business books that actually dampen the enthusiasm of the audience to read it. So I'm glad that you kept your audiences in mind as you wrote this. What other resources, Hernani, might you have that complement the book or that could benefit the audience uh, that's listening here today or a reader of your book? Yeah, so there's uh, multiple
0: exercises throughout the book. I think I counted one time 18 different exercises directly in the book. Uh, so there's a one-page employee report card. It's the one to kind of get rid of your biennial review. I talk about how that's worked with organizations all the way as big as 15,000, how they have a, a one-page employee report card, something that they can reach out. I can get that for them. We have an online training coming soon for it. Uh, there's a monthly newsletter called Awesomely Simple Business Skills that I kind of provide. I keep it very short, two minute read, but things that have content behind it. Uh, I remember when I went to school, I didn't learn much unless the instructor had some really good content and made it interesting for me. So to this day, I always focus, is this something that I'm actually making somebody better? Um, and I holding back, if I'm holding back, I'm not going to send it because I like to really give more uh, to and serve the people, my clients. So it's a free, awesomely simple business skills newsletter that they can sign up for.
1: Great. And I'm curious, you know, you knew a lot about uh, accountability coming into this based on your professional and personal experience, but I'm wondering... As you went through the commitment of writing the book and I think you said, a year and a half, did you learn anything else about accountability that you didn't really realize prior to writing and publishing your book? And if so, could you share that with the audience?
0: I did, and it's something that uh, I took for granted, uh, but it always existed. So I started off as a part-time salesperson for a mattress company, and then I grew up in that mattress company to become the president of the company. And it, it was a fairly large company. We were publicly traded and doing over $3 billion, and that's where we had over uh, 3,500 locations. One of the things that happened that I didn't put in the book, but I realized it after we ruled it out, I had a CEO tell me, Hernani, you left out the fourth P of the book. I was like, the fourth P? He goes, yeah, once you do personal accountability, positive, and, and performance-based accountability, you automatically get the fourth P, which is peer-to-peer accountability. And so I need to go back. It's only been a year. I probably need to go back and include that part. But that's kind of an added bonus of what you get when you put all, all of them together. So it was, it was neat to see, and it was actually really nice to when you hear that from your clients when you get that type of testimonial.
1: And that is great input because I'll, you know, I would think you would agree that that sometimes is the most reinforcing type of accountability there is and it and it frees the leader from having to be the accountability enforcer in an organization when peers out of respect are holding each other in a positive way accountable to the kind of results that they've committed to that's great insight
0: absolutely yeah and that's right that's when you start seeing your organization go to high performance high performance is overused but if you don't have that peer-to-peer accountability you're not going to be a high-performing organization that can pivot that can weather the storm that can have some of these challenges that kind of come up and, and do well.
1: So uh, we've got a couple minutes left here, about three minutes left on the radio show, and I, I wanted to come back to all the way to the beginning. What was your pivot that you've done inside your business for the past two months? You know, What messaging are you delivering that complements the book but is also resonating?
0: Yeah, so I was actually headed to go to Africa and work with a bank there called Standard Bank, and it was for three months and all of a sudden COVID came in and, and pivoted. I had, I had to change a lot of my events. but I was still doing an event with the organization. but we're like accountability is probably not the right thing to talk about now the end of March. it was kind of it was right at the beginning I just had furloughed some of their employees and so forth. So I worked with them and I go, you know personal accountability, we focus on kind of the champion mindset and how to really truly win in this new world. And the best way to, the best analogy I use for that is you have a bison and you've got a cow. A bison's been around for over 10 million years, where a cow is kind of a domestic, but they're out of the same DNA. But when a storm comes into the plains, a cow looks at it, and they tend to run away from the storm because they're going, well, I'm going to run away from the storm because I won't be in it. Well, a bison is quite the opposite. It looks at the storm, and it goes right into it head first, because it knows as fast as I can hit that storm, the faster I can get out of it. So it really gets you to focus on that growth mindset and how you can truly maximize what's in your control. So I started working with organizations, and that's what it's called now. I'm actually uh, halfway through uh, a new ebook. I'm just going to make it quick on an ebook on champion mindset, how to win in this new world. And it really focuses on how you've got to change your mindset first and foremost, and then you work with your teams to do that.
1: That's such a powerful message, Hernani, because a lot of what we believe is what we have trained ourselves is our own reality, right? Uh, I think it was Henry Ford said something like, if a man believes he can or can't, he's you know, they're both right, whether he believes it can or can't. He's right on both accounts. I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, the kind of mm-hmm. thinking there is right. you yeah it's, it's what your belief system is, is especially in these times when so many things are unsettled and what used to work or what was the reality in February may not be appropriate here. And now we're into June. So that's great that you were able to pivot, and now you're coming up with another ebook. We'll have to have you back on the show later this year to talk about that in a little more detail if you want to.
0: Thank you. It was, it was something I didn't anticipate, but as, as we know, and when there's adversity, then you can really come out with something much stronger, and that's actually something that's been very well and beneficial for me. So. But you're right on. Abraham Lincoln says the best way to predict the future is to go out and create it. And right. that's really what you have to do, is you got to go do it.
1: So if someone would like to get a copy of your book, learn more about you, where would you suggest they go online, Hernani? So I'm going to start with
0: with this, Richard. You probably never had somebody do this, but I'm going to give my cell phone number. Here's my cell phone number. 916 717 3299. So I'm going to give it to you again. 916 717 3299. Just text me. I'll get you uh, my website, whatever you would like, if there's something you heard on the podcast. Uh, But My name is Hernani Alves, and that's something that's difficult for most people to read or understand because it's a unique name, but it's H-E-R-N-A-N-I, and that's Alves, A-L-V-E-S. But reach out to me, and we'll start a conversation, and then uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn.
1: You know, I want to thank you for being a friend of the program, the kind words you said at the top of the show about the business, and um, a member of the ever-expanding Renaissance Executive Forum's Critical Mass Business Community. Thank you, Hernani.
0: My pleasure. And Richard, I'd love to hear your story. So maybe we can reverse the role sometimes where I actually interview you. And uh, I'm pretty sure your guests would love to hear
1: your story because it's amazing. Let's do that. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Awesome. My pleasure. Take care. Our engineer for today is Paul Roberts, our producers, without whom we could not do our show each and every week. Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and our news producer, Vanessa Holland. If you'd like to connect with me, uh, let's start on LinkedIn. I am Richard Franzi, spelled F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are
0: leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.